Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail, where guys, we are international. We are now international because guess where I'm recording from? I am recording from Bali. How fucking sick is that? It's so cool. It's so cool, but I have just nearly had a nail disaster. I've done something bad, everyone. I've done something bad, which I shouldn't have done, but I've done it now. I'm just gonna have to live with my consequence of my actions. I went and I got some acrylic nails done. I've never had them before. I've always been like, if you follow me, if you, I don't know, if you've been listening to me for a while, you'll know that I can do my own gel nails and I can do it myself and like I'm quite good at it as well. But no, this time I was like, I'll go and get acrylic gels done because here it's so cheap. It literally cost me 17 pounds and it really should have been 15. It's just because I paid by card that it was 17. And I was like, Oh, I'll just get it done. I'll treat myself because I'm having my second birthday tomorrow. Don't ask me about that. I am just having a second birthday because I felt like it was unfair that my birthday wasn't in Bali. So I have a second birthday. But I went and I got them done and it was all going fine. Excellently, swimmingly. The people were so lovely, fine, until we got onto the painting part. I nearly walked out with neon pink nails. Now, this is no hate to people who have neon pink nails. If you have it, I love that for you. You're able to suit it. I, however, am not able to suit it. I am not able to pull off neon pink nails. And we're not talking a subtle neon pink. We're talking vibrant, yellow, orange, pink, 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 pink. And I have a neon pink bikini and I was like, oh no, we can't be having, we can't be having matchy matchy on this. That is not going to look good. And so he shapes my nails and I, I was quite fussy with it because I do my own nails. So I quite like and I'm a bit of a perfectionist about it and I was like I will not be able to come back to this place to get it sorted if it's not right so I just made sure that they were right and then we, when we got to the painting part he like painted it and he did one color and I was like that's a very pink is it going to go more red in like later when you've I don't know is it going to go more red later on when you've done a few coats he's like yes yes it will go more red and I was like mm, okay I don't trust you on that but okay so then he was like carrying on painted it and like did the second coat and I was like that's not it. That is not red. That is pink. That is neon pink. And we'd like, I showed him next to the colour and he was like, yeah, that's not right. And we both agreed and we were like, what's gone on? And it turned out they'd mislabeled the colour that I'd chosen accidentally, which is such an easy mistake to make. Like, there's so many colours. Um, so it wasn't their fault. It was just an accident. But I was like, oh my God, I'm not good at speaking up to people when something's wrong. It makes me feel so anxious. And like, I don't want to make him upset or anything or like him have a bad day or something. So I was like, oh no, how can I say this in the most polite way? And obviously I can't speak Indonesian and so the communication's not great and I was like oh I don't even know what to say but somehow I managed to change the color and then I asked him if I could have like I picked a random other one and the random other one that I had chosen turned out to be the color I originally wanted so now we've left with a good colored red nail we have not left with neon pink nails which would have been the death of me I swear to god no it, it would not it would not have looked good the entire time I was quite stressed and it took so long I don't know how people take that long out of their lives every week but I can't lie I'm kind of obsessed they look so, I feel so put together. I don't know if it's like the stereotype of having your nails done means that you're put together is making me feel put together, but I feel like a new woman, like a new woman. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Although I'm not sure I can afford it in the UK, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Maybe I could just afford someone to put the acrylics on for me and I do the gel. That could be an option, you know, I might ask. Anyway, on to the life update for this week. How fucking exciting. So... If you've been following my Instagram, I am sorry for the spam. I'm sorry. There's no excuse apart from I'm on holiday and there's so many things to take pictures of and I'm just going to post it all because I don't know when I'll next come here and it's so exciting. But anyway, we set off on Monday at 2am for a nine o'clock fight when we lived, when we were staying in a hotel approximately five to ten minutes away. And some of you might ask, Bella, wasn't that a bit early? Yes, that was a bit early, but I was nervous, okay? I was stressed. I didn't know what the COVID regulations were like the day before. I couldn't check in online and that was giving me severe anxiety. And I was like, I don't know what to do. It's going to be fine. Louis, we just need to get there ultra early. So we woke up at two. Oh no, we woke up at half two. We got the bus at three. Turns out the bus journey was a lot quicker than I expected. So we got there at literally half three and we got there and I was like, can we check in yet? And they were like, no, you're way too early. So we just had to sit. Luckily, there was a Costa where I spent £13 on drinks because I lost a bet to Louis. Luckily, we've stopped doing the bets because I have realised I am so stubborn that I think everything I say is right. And quite often, obviously, it is not right. And I end up losing the bets and I have to then buy something for it. We've been doing these little like bets as we go, like betting like you have to buy my next coffee or my next ice cream or my next meal because a meal out here is literally like three pounds. 
and I keep losing, so I no longer do that anymore. We're not doing that because I cannot, my bank account can't hack it. It's not worth the stress. But anyway, we got through, so we got through the airport and it was all fine. It was all good. We got our money out and I was feeling excited. We we're going on holiday. This was incredible. We got on our first flight. First flight, good vibes. It was only an hour and a half. We were going to, we went to Zurich in Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland, right? Got a lot to say about Switzerland as a country, particularly its cost of living. Jesus Christ, everyone. Jesus Christ. So we arrive and we arrive and it's like the fanciest airport I've ever been in. You went through this train to get to the other terminal and it was just like this super fast tunnel train. I thought, God, this is advanced. Heathrow, eat your heart out. But then we got through terminal four, all fine. And I'm like, Louis, there's a prep there. I really fancy a little sandwich, you know, to keep us going on this eight and a half hour flight as I firmly believed it was an eight and a half hour flight following us. And we're both like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to get a sandwich before. And we don't know what the food's going to be like on the plane. So we got on the plane. No, we got walking to prep. It's like 10, da, 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 10 pound 90. And it's not a pound sign. It's like the Swedish money. It wasn't euros. It was something else. I don't know what currency they use. And it was like 3.9 for a pack of crisps. And in my head, I was like, wow, well, there's no fucking way they are charging £13 for an avocado sandwich and a pack of crisps, like it's salt and vinegar. It must be their exchange rate. It must be ridiculously high. Oh, that was such a stupid idea to trust in that. I was like, it must be their exchange rate. It must be their exchange rate. Lou was like, should we just check? And I was like, no, 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 we are not checking. This is definitely the exchange rate, people. Definitely the exchange rate. No chance would they be able to put cost that much money for a sandwich and a pack of crisps like four pounds for a pack of crisps you're having a laugh and it's prep they're like um a chain they're gonna have universal pricing on everything no 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 people i went up i paid i came away and i got a little monzo notification saying you have just spent 14 pounds and i was like fuck off have i just spent 14 pounds on a sandwich and a pack of crisps so yeah that pissed us both off then we got on the flight, and let's just say, if you're flying a long-haul flight, not sure I would recommend Swiss Airlines. Very cheap, very squished. Very cheap, very squished. They had a good uh, movie selection, though, but we'll get on to that. So we got in, got onto the plane after just spending £15, and it is on this plane that I find out the eight-and-a-half-hour flight is actually a ten-and-a-half-hour flight. Ten-and-a-half hours, people. <sighs> that is a lot of films to watch, but somehow... The worst hours was hour five and six. Hours five and six, I honestly thought my back was going to explode. My legs were going numb. They were so uncomfortable. I hadn't slept yet. I couldn't sleep. I find out I couldn't sleep on planes. Although I only found out on the final plane in the final hour that you can mould your cushion around your head to kind of make like a sleeping rest. And then I could fall asleep. So that, that was a good lesson learned for anyone who has not been on a long haul flight. Because I have never been on one before and it's a whole new experience. I watched a good selection of films. What did I watch? I watched one called The Duke, which was actually really cute. It's about, it's like based off a true story about this guy who steals this really famous painting from the British Museum. I would recommend watching that, like as a wholesome, feel-good film. I watched Encanto. That was quite good, you know? It entertained me whilst I was trying to sleep. It was quite entertaining. Oh my God, the first film me and Louis watched was Scream. The 2020 version. Let me tell you, that is not a film to watch on a plane surrounded by families. That was violent, very violent. And also, he wanted to watch it and I wasn't like fussed about it. And then my boyfriend fell asleep, like halfway through, he just fell asleep and I had to watch the entire film solo, the entire film, until the end when it got too scary and I woke him up. But it had quite an interesting storyline and I liked how it was based off like, the original I liked how it was linked how they kind of it was almost like they were filming a film knowing about the previous film it made it more interesting rather than they were in the entire film world I don't know if you've watched Scream you'll know what I mean oh that rhymed look at me go <laughs> um but yeah I watched that what else did I watch I watched like five films I watched so many films oh we watched we watched like the story of Tom I don't know it's like a Leonardo DiCaprio film where he pretends to be this person um, he like, takes over this person's life. That was really good, if only I could remember the name. Um, what other films? I can't really remember the other film that I watched. I feel like I watched so many. Oh, I started watching Sex and the City, the series. Honestly, I brought a full bag of things for me to do and I didn't do a single thing. I just watched films the entire time. It was like a movie, ma movie marathon like no other. And I couldn't sleep, which meant when we arrived in Bangkok, I had been awake for so long and I was honestly so dead at this point. 
but we got into the airport and it was fine. I was also having a mild panic attack that our bags wouldn't be transferred. And so I packed some clothes in my carry-on luggage and I was like, if this is all I can wear for the holiday, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But it's fine because luckily when I saw those bags in Bali airport in DPS, I honestly nearly cried with happiness and overjoyment because I got told the day before I flew that my bags I'd have to pick them up in Bangkok and they wouldn't get moved and the lady on the plane told me that they would get moved and that I had checked them all the way through and so I just had to full-on trust in her which as an anxious person not easy to do not easy to do in the slightest but the bags got through we got to Bangkok airport I prayed that the bag got through I tried a matcher no, I tried an ice green tea from McDonald's. 10 out of 10 experience if you're ever in Asia and you can see this drink. I'm now obsessed with matcha green tea flavoured things. I don't think I actually like the drink. I think I just like the flavoured things because I tried, you know, those little like chocolate sticks. I don't know what they're called. I can't remember. It's like a breadstick with chocolate at on one end. They have the matcha green tea version of that and it's like white chocolate flavoured. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I feel like I need an entire section for the new snacks that I have tried because as a snack obsessed person, this place has an incredible selection of snacks. Another thing I've tried, I'm getting ahead of myself, but another cool thing I've tried, it's like a crisp, like rice crisp on one side, like but with seaweed on the other. And it just, mmm, it's delicious. I'm going to go buy some more after this. I've inspired myself. But anyway, as I said, we got onto Bangkok and then we got onto our final plane to Bali. And it's there where I experienced Thai Airlines. Jesus Christ. Now that is the airline to fly with. Do you know what film I watched? Batman. It was great. It was so great. I did fall asleep because we had an entire road to ourselves. So I proper stretched out. Paul, like, I feel sorry for my boyfriend. I properly took the two seats that were spare in here and he had one seat. But, you know, I was tired, okay? It is how it is. And so we were just, like, fell asleep on that plane, which meant I missed the end of the film, Sadly, I do know who the bad villain person is, so I'm just going to have to watch it on the way home. But that's okay. And then we arrived in Bali and we got through customs and everything was fine. Turns out, I think Bali's really empty this year because a lot of people have been saying that um, there's not many English people or people from the UK. I wonder if it's because of the COVID restrictions or something. I don't know what it is, but yeah, not a lot of people have come over. We literally got through customs within 20, 30 minutes. Um, and apparently that only takes three to four hours, which is shocking so that was a relief and then we got we organized a taxi pickup to our place in a bud and he picked us up it turns out it was her son and we have finally after 36 hours of traveling or something ridiculous like 36 hours of no sleep we got to a bud and a bud is like nowhere i have ever been before in my entire life it's like a city built in the space of a town and everything is built up upon each other like there's no room for breathing it almost feels like everything is built up upon each other it's incredible and there's tiny temples everywhere and there's scooters everywhere and every there's there's no laws here it's mental there's no laws whatsoever in terms of like speed limits how many like seat belts like there's just children so there's someone like the adult will be riding a motorbike and the kid will just be stood in front of them or the kid will just be holding onto their neck not wearing helmets or anything compared to the uk which is so strict on all of these things like there is no speed limits whatsoever in the slightest but anyway we arrived on our first day and we were staying we stayed in this really nice little airbnb in a bud which if any of you ever go message me and i'll send you this one um because it really is really really nice um it had its own little pool which we didn't really use because um i don't know i didn't feel like using it there it was quite like it was with the owner of the airbnb was absolutely lovely and they were in the apartment below you and they also like were using the pool and everything which wasn't a problem but at the end of the day you know when you're so tired and you just want to chill um so that's probably why i didn't use it too much but when so then we had our first night and then we went to like this little i think they're called please ignore my pronunciation of all these things i am trying um it's like called a wayung i think and these are like little like cafes but solely sell indonesian food so they'll sell like nasi goreng mi goreng i tried this um jackfruit randang that's like a curry here that's absolutely delicious the veggie options here have actually i've been pleasantly surprised with because a lot of the people here are hindu which means they are vegetarian and i think some of them eat egg i was doing some research on it yesterday and that was kind of the common theme that i found that hindus were vegetarian um and that means there's loads of really good veggie options and so I had that on the first night. Then we woke up the second day, so tired, so tired, but went for breakfast and everything is so cheap. I got a smoothie bowl for like a pound 50. I got 
um, avocado toast for like two pounds. It, it was ridiculously cheap, so cheap. It, it, is it, it makes you question like, is everything okay with this? And it always is, it's always delicious. It's just so, so cheap. The exchange rate is mad. And so we came, we had dinner, we went to sleep, we woke up the next day, and on the next day, we decided to go to the monkey forest. Now, a lot of people had had, had said different things to me about the monkey forest. Um, a lot of people hadn't liked it because of how, like, the monkeys can be a little bit vicious. And I do get what they were saying. Like, we went through, and I loved it. Like, it was an incredible experience to see, like, monkeys in the wild, in their own forest. It was pretty cool. And it was quite a cheap experience as well. It was only £5. A lot of the, although food and everything here is cheaper than the UK, I'd say experiences are on par. Like, they are just as expensive. Um, or maybe it feels more expensive because everything else is so cheap, but it doesn't feel cheap if that makes sense and so we did that and that was only five quid so that was really really good and you walk around and you just see monkeys everywhere really and there were so many baby monkeys which were so fucking cute they were honestly adorable like really really adorable but the issue with the monkeys is you can't pick them up obviously and they can't you shouldn't let them crawl on you or anything like that because a lot of people ask the baby monkeys to do this the mother monkeys are just next to you. They are watching the baby. And the baby, if they like show signs, if you show signs of aggression towards the baby, or if the baby all of a sudden looks uncomfortable, the mum will come at you. And they have massive teeth, massive teeth, which was a bit scary. So as we were walking around, there was this mum saying to this kid, it's like, oh, the monkeys are more scared of you than you are of it. Like, go and look at it, like, touch it, stroke it. And me and Lou are looking at her like, what are you on about? The monkeys are not more scared of us. They are so clever animals. This is their home. They're so used to humans. They are not scared of humans in the slightest, in the slightest. You're in their territory now. And you need to respect that and not go too close to them, not touch them. You couldn't look them in the eye as well because that was like a sign of aggression. And it was all fine until we got to like the end part of the walk, because you kind of, you go around the loop. And all of a sudden we came down this like narrow path and there was like really, there was like a load of monkeys either side of us. And one jumped on my boyfriend, which actually was really scary because it started eating his necklace to try and bite his chain off. And that's not very, that's not a lot of fun as well because these monkeys have rabies. Well, they don't have rabies, but they could have rabies. I think. Well, that's what we were terrified about anyway, because the rabies jab, if you get bit by an animal, you have to go and get that jab and that jab costs thousands because one of our friends had it done and she like stroked an animal and had to get the rabies jab and it cost her so much money, like literally three grand. And so we we're both paranoid about that. And as I was walking past, then a monkey jumped on me and tried to steal my water bottle. And I forgot that you're not meant to bring anything in with you that like they could want. And I brought my water bottle in and my water bottle holder and it grabbed onto it and it really tried to pull it. But all you have to do is just walk slowly and they will jump off eventually. And I think because my water bottle didn't look like a water bottle, it just looked like a bag, it eventually let go. But on our way out, we saw someone had like, a monkey had stolen someone's AirPods, a monkey had stolen someone's phone. Like you've got to be really careful with the monkeys here. They are not more scared of you than you are of it. You know, like you've got to keep your wits about you. But anyway, after that, then we went to the rice fields in a bud, which are like maybe like a 20 minute drive, not far. And that was one of the most incredible things ever. It was weird seeing the rice fields in person because they're such like an Instagrammable place. You see so many people that have done like the swing or taking pictures and everything. There were so many people taking cringe photos. Like I can't even describe the amount of cringe photos I saw being taken, which made me really laugh. Oh, I love things that... Oh, it's just so funny. So funny. And he was like, do you want to go on the swing? And I was like, absolutely not. And do you know how much the swing costs people? People pay to go on that. First off, there's no real safety regulations. I'm sure it is safe, but like, you know, in the UK, you have to sign something if you want to go and go ape or something like that. There's none of that here. It's like a different world, really. There's none of that type of safety precaution type thing. And I'm not saying it's not unsafe, but I saw a guy passing. He was like, yeah, it doesn't seem safe. So that put me off anyway. And then it was going to cost me 30 or 40 pounds to go on the swing, which obviously I understand because, you know, that is their main source of income and it's a luxury thing to be able to do. And a lot of people will do it. So you would just charge a premium. I was like, I'm not paying that for the picture on the swing because it's, it's just not worth it. But I think the thing with the rice field is you because when you drive there, you realise where it starts and ends. They look so expansive on photos and everything. And it is massive, but it's not as massive as the photos make it out to be. It's like 
I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's totally different than how the photos are, but incredibly beautiful at the same time. It's nice because when you're walking around, there was like a lady and she was like, okay, if you want to come in, that's absolutely fine. But can you give me a donation for my rice field for the maintenance of it? And we're like, of course, absolutely. And you just put money in a little bit of a box. And that was really nice. It was just a great first day. Cause then we came back, we got changed and we went out for dinner and we went to, this day we went to a taco place, okay? And you may be saying, Belly, a second day in Bali and you're already not eating like the local food, the local Indonesian food. I had eaten curry. I'd eaten five different types of curry on the plane because I signed my up, right? This is a little trick for you all. Anyone else doing a long haul flight? I signed myself up to a, for an Indian vegetarian meal, which meant I got Indian vegetarian curries the entire flight and they were absolutely delicious. The only downside was that my dessert was never as good as my boyfriend's because he just got regular food. Like he just got the regular meal and his was always so much nicer, my, his dessert. Because I think mine was more of like a, not vegan veggie dessert. I don't know why it was different, but it was. Um, but yeah, that's a little tip or trick I would recommend you applying for if you can, because it was delicious. But because I'd had curries and like then the food before the noodles and the curry and the curry, like I'd had literally so many curries. I was like, let's try a change. It was great until we realised they add on this government tax. I think it's because of COVID maybe, which makes food a little bit more pricey. Oh, I just keep the table. But it was delicious. And then the second day, so bear in mind, I've only had one full night's sleep. We booked to go up Mount Batur, which was one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. Like, it was incredible. If you ever get the chance to go to Bali and you go to a bud, please book this. You wake up at 2am. Well, no, we were, woke up at half one um, and the taxi was there for two. They come, they pick you up, they drive you to the bottom of Mount Batur and then you go and get like a breakfast, which is like a, like a banana type thing. Um, I think it was plantain. I don't think it was banana. With some sugar syrup on it. And it was really, really yummy. And we had that with the coffee. And then you go up, like, you then take it to your second stop, which is where you start walking. Base camp, as I like to call it. So then we went to base camp. And we got out. And then we started walking. And it was pitch black. Like, absolutely pitch black. Which helped because I didn't realise how far we had to walk. Like, when I set off, I did not realise it was going to be a five-kilometre hike up a mountain face. But it was really, really good. The only downside was that, like halfway whilst we were walking so you walk up a road and then you start walking up the mountain which is more rocky and when we got over the road part he said to us he was like we're probably not going to make it to the top at this speed i'm just letting you know like if you want to go a bit faster you're going to need to and somehow lost in translation me and louis were then like okay can we go off on our own like follow because there's so many guys there's about 500 people climbing it at the same time so you're never on your own there's so many people there um and we were in the middle so there were so many people in front of us to follow we're like if we follow them and give you our number and text you when we're at the top can we go off and we thought he said yes turns out he didn't say yes um but anyway, we left the group and we paced it up this hill. Like I'm telling you, there is not, I have never walked that fast in my life. It was like I was climbing Everest. I was walking fast. I was did not wake up at half one in the morning, have two and a half hours sleep to not make it to the top for sunrise. And the entire time we're walking. And bear in mind, I forgot to mention this. At the start, it was pelting it down rain, like not just a shower. When it rains here in Bali, it fucking rains like a lot. So I'd seen a video before on my TikTok about like all the mist. And I was so scared it was going to be so misty at the top. We wouldn't see anything. So we got to the top and you could see the stars. And then finally, no, we kept walking, kept walking. And finally, after like two hours of walking, we got to the top. And it was incredible. Like we sat down and this person came along with beers, which we obviously had to pay for. And we got a beer because technically it was three in the morning, four in the morning. Like that's maybe still a night out. We just had a nap. So we got a beer and we watched like the sunrise slowly. Like, and it was, I've never watched sunrise from the very, very beginning where it's still dark and slowly it gets a little bit orange, a little bit more orange, a little bit more. And it like the tiny little changes in the sky. Honestly, it was beautiful. And like the clouds were just a little bit over the clouds and they were more to our right. So that was really nice to see. Honestly, it was, I can't describe how beautiful it was. It was such a great, great day. It was such a great day. And I would, I just please do it. If you go to Bali, please do it. You won't regret it. Um, apparently though, the day before, um, or two days before they'd done the Mount Batur walk and 
it had been cloudy, really cloudy, and no one had been able to see anything. And I think that must be an absolute nightmare. But today was a good one. It was a really, really good one. It was a bit like, it was like a special moment. It was really nice. And then we walked a bit to the right and you got to see, because it's actually Mount Butter is a volcano and its biggest eruption was in 1926 and its last eruption was in 1986. And because now the sun had risen and it was maybe like 6am or 7am, all the wild dogs and wild monkeys started coming up because they knew that this is a tourist attraction, they'd come for the food. So they were all coming up and as they were coming up, we could start to see more of the scenery around us. And if you look to your right, you could see the lava plains of when the eruption happened, which was so cool to see. So cool to see. And he took us down like a bit of the mountain to your right. And he showed us like the steam from the volcano and how you could make more of the steam, which was really cool. Like it was a, it's a proper volcano. Honestly, I felt like such a tourist being like, oh my God, this is a real volcano. This is a real, like a pinch me moment. It felt kind of surreal because of how, like, I was so tired still from the jet lag and then this two hours sleep and I was like kind of out of it. But then the thing I was doing felt so incredibly special and like unique that that also made me feel more out of it. But anyway, then we started walking down, which was again, because I had been walking in the dark, I didn't realize how incredible this landscape was that we'd been walking through. So walking down was a complete surprise. Like if you saw my stories, you'll realize it was absolutely beautiful like rice fields and other types of fields and there was a lake at the bottom it was just really special and I would definitely recommend although the walk down is quite long which you might not realize I think when you're walking up you're so focused on the fact that like you've got to get to the top in time that you don't think about it the walk down I thought about it the two and a half hours sleep were kicking in now oh I'm sure you can hear the dogs there's these dogs living in this house opposite our hotel and they bark so much like they bark all the time luckily they're quiet now but when we were at the beach at pool yesterday they were so loud but anyway then we finished Mount Batur and we got home and it was like 10 in the morning and normal people would have gone to sleep then to like because you only had two hours of sleep but we weren't tired enough and so then we went and we walked around Bali. No, we walked around a bud. Yeah, we just did a massive trek of Bali people. We walked around a bud and we got like a massage, which was the funniest experience of my life. You had to wear like these netted pants and oh my God, hilarious. But it was a lovely massage. Embarrassingly, I fell asleep twice in the massage, twice. And you know when you fall asleep and like your body does like a little spasm? <laughs> well, that happened to me and it was like a full body spasm. Like my leg flew in the air. And she's like, are you all right, madam? And I was like, yep fine, thank you. And I realised that I'd fallen asleep. I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Can't let that happen again. And then like 20 minutes later, all of a sudden my full body did another massive spasm. She's like, are you okay? I was like, yep, fine, thank you. Sorry about that. So that was great. I mean, I felt very refreshed. Maybe I, I just fell asleep. I was so tired after doing that walk, but how embarrassing that I fell asleep, honestly. God, ugh. never mind, we move. So... Then that was our last day, night in Bali. We went out for food. We went back to the first uh, Wayang that we went to on the first day because it was absolutely delicious. And we liked her. Um, the lady that was cooking for us, she was really friendly. Um, and we were chatting to her before and about her family and things like that. And so we went back to her and that's where I had the jackfruit randang. Absolutely delicious, would definitely recommend. And then we fell asleep and woke up the next day and came to Kuta, which is where we're at now. And it's so nice. It's... Kuta is totally different to a bud in the sense of it's a lot more chilled out, there's a lot more space, and it's a lot more relaxed. A bud is incredible, and I would definitely, like, you have to go, but it's quite hectic and there was a lot going on, so it's nice to have a bit more of a chill out here. I'd say the idea of Bali is that, like, Kuta is a great night out. The clubs here are very, very different to UK clubs. Um, so I've kind of, like, decided, like, we're not really going to go clubbing, we're just going to go have, like, drinks at sunset, and it's that type of vibe, which is a nice change of pace, really, especially when I'm trying to, like, de-stress before we go back to uni. But, yeah, this morning, as it was well, yesterday, we arrived, and we went to the beach, we watched sunset, and I've been drinking fresh coconuts. I would say every day, not every day, because they are 15k. I say they are, that's, like, 90p. That's so cheap. I really should go get one now. But... We went to the beach and it was lovely and I got a new anklet and then tomorrow, no today, I've just been to have my nails done. We had a lovely breakfast and I'm going to go sunbathe now and read my book. I'm reading a new book. I'm not going to have a new things I've done this week on the podcast because I want to go upstairs and sunbathe, I can't lie. But I'm reading a book right now. Oh, I can't get it. Where is my book? Oh, I don't even know. 
Did I leave my book at the place? Oh my god, I left my book at the nail place. I left my book. What a fucking disaster. Right, I'm going to have to leave this podcast now as I go track that book down. Because it was a great book and it cost me £7 from WH Smiths and I'm not leaving that. But yeah, everything is going good. I'm having such a great time and it's so nice to relax and have a break from everything. And if I'm a bit shit at replying to messages on Instagram at the moment... I am having a break from it all. Um, You've Got Mail is so much fun. I love every part of it. But I want to come back refreshed and able to put all of my heart and soul into the Instagram and everything like that, which means having a little little bit of a break. But yeah, I hope you're having a lovely day and I can't wait to speak to you soon and enjoy the first episode of the Breakup Series. I'm excited about this one. I really enjoyed recording it and I think you'll enjoy it too. Thanks, bye. So the topic of this week's podcast, as I fingers crossed have just given you a lovely little update on life in Bali, is how to know when you're not happy in the thing that you're in, how to know when the thing that you're in is not going to plan, how to know when that you just need to leave. The entire plan for these kind of the breakup series is going to be kind of discussing how to know when you're not really feeling it, when something's not going to plan, then discussing going on a breakup, discussing getting through the breakup situation. Then we're going to talk about how to move on from a relationship, how to kind of heal from that and find yourself. And then also I feel like the last episode is going to be speaking more about finding someone new, dating someone new, finding like the first one before that would be about finding yourself and the one afterwards is if you decide to is dating someone new and I feel like that makes a really nice kind of progression of the episodes and I'm excited about it I feel like there's so much to talk about so many different elements of it and relationships are so hard and so tricky that sometimes it's just nice to have a bit of a chat about them so that you can hear that you're not the only one going through what you're going through because relationships can be so isolating because they're such a private matter that often many people aren't comfortable to tell the real truth of what's going on because it is a private matter and you don't want to come across badly and you don't want to come across you don't want to talk about your significant other whoever you are with like in a bad sense so it can be really hard to gain clarity on a situation I'm just going to move you here because that was a bad place to put my microphone so I think we've all been in relationships that haven't been the best we think we've all had those situations where we haven't been totally happy with it and we know we're not totally happy with it but we've just stayed with it because it's comfortable and I think this is the one of the scariest things about human nature is because we hate well I hate change maybe it's not human nature some people thrive off change I fucking hate change I'm so bad at change and quite often if something's comfortable then I like sticking with it and I like thinking if I can make it work but in my last relationship I was in so obviously none of it what I'm about to see ever replies to my current one but in the last one that I was in I was quite unhappy with it I was just how did I know it was an unhappy relationship? I think things that made me knew it was an unhappy relationship were, you know, you know when you just have a sick feeling around certain things, certain situations come up and I'd feel so nervous and anxious around them myself, like around them. I wouldn't feel myself, I'd get a really sick feeling in my tummy around like certain things happening or spending extra time with each other, them hanging out with other people, like it wasn't a normal dynamic in a relationship. And I think you know when something is not right because you can't start questioning it. You start to pick up on these signals. You start to realise that that's not how you're meant to feel. You're not meant to feel that anxious all the time. You're meant to be able to trust them to do with things. You're meant to be able to do your own thing. And also, also, they should also be really nice to you and loving and kind. There were so many fucked up things that I now look back on and I'm like, what the actual fuck? Like... Why was I just okay with that happening? Why? Like, I remember one time being told that I couldn't go and join them and their friends. I had to sit downstairs. And I look at that, like, I think of that scenario now. And that's really, really fucked because the person that you're with should be wanting the best for you. They should love you. They should want to show you off. They should want to enjoy your company. And it shouldn't matter who they're around. You should all be welcoming for that experience. And I I understand sometimes you want to be on your friends on your own. I think that's totally different. But if you're all in an environment together, you shouldn't be excluding the person you're dating. Like, like making a conscious effort to exclude them. That's really, really weird. So I think part of growing up is realising these red flags. When you're younger, and I don't mean this in a patronising way at all because I've been the younger one. When you are younger, it's really easy to think that relationships are going to last forever. That 
you're going to be together for a long, long time. And there are those incredible relationships where they're together for so long and they do date forever and they've been together since they were like 12 or something. I don't know if any of you watched This Is Us, but they're like together from the age of five. That is mad, Sophie and Kevin. But anyway, great TV show, by the way, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, You get these relationships where people are there for so long. They are there together and it kind of sets these expectations that you should be there. You should be dating for that long. That That's like this dream scenario. And not only that, but so many of the literature that we read as children, so many of these stories that we have are built upon this idea of being in a relationship from such a young age and that kind of like falling in love with each other and growing up with each other. And although it is incredible and I think it's lovely when that happens, I don't think it's realistic anymore. I think... A lot of these things are built upon not having a lot of choice. Women didn't have a lot of choice. So when you were married to someone, you were married to them. You were almost, you were their property. That was it. And there's a reason people married so young is because they needed to have children. That was a wife's job. Like, do you know what I mean? A lot of these, when you start thinking about a lot of these ideals that we have and start questioning them a little bit, often it's based in quite a flawed society that we live in. Often it's based in quite a flawed logic and a logic that doesn't apply to today's society. It's like when people are like, oh, divorce rates are through the roof now. It's so much like no one's able to stay married anymore. And it's like, well, is it that? Is it that we've just totally lost the ability to commit to something? Or is it now that we actually have an ability to leave? Now there's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Now you can actually leave something that's not making you happy, whereas beforehand we couldn't. And I think it's uh, it's an important way to start looking at it is actually the increased levels of divorce. Is that quite freeing? Is that uh, that that should really not be celebrated because we don't want people to be unhappy, but celebrated in the sense that people are able to now leave things that are making them unhappy. They're no longer tied together in a situation that doesn't work. And this is why it's really important to have a strong sense of self when you're entering a relationship because you're able to listen to that voice better. You're able to know what's going on inside your head. You're able to listen to yourself and know what you want from something. I think when you're in a relationship and you kind of know it's unhealthy, it's really important to have a line of like kind of like clear boundaries or clear red flags that for you, if this happens, you need to you need to leave. I think first off, I'm saying like if you're in a toxic relationship, you need to have these, which mean you leave. Often, you obviously not often, obviously you should leave as soon as you realise you're in a toxic relationship. But I got to the stage with mine where even though I noticed these things, I wasn't able to leave. I was able to just like ignore them and cope with them and deal with it because I had this idea that if I fixed the relationship, it made me a better person. My self-worth was so intrinsically linked with my ability to make things better for people, make things better for all around me because I really wanted that fairy tale idea of being together for so long. So weird because it wasn't even happy relation. Do you know what I mean? So weird. Such, such a weird thing that I've had to unpack. And I think... Although I did let so many things slide, there were clear things to me that I knew were absolute no's. For me, that was cheating, and that's why we ended up breaking up. Um, but I think everyone has got to... Everyone has that thing that's their final thing, and I think you've got to pick your thing. You've got to know what your thing is. It's like, this to me, this shows me that this isn't okay anymore. I think when you're... Because sometimes you get into the toxic relationships you get into the toxic relationships and you don't realise it's toxic until it's too late and they do one of these things that you're like, I never thought anyone I knew would do this and they do it and then it's your sign to go because you realise they're not the person you fell in love with anymore. They're not the person you want in your life anymore and that's when it's really important to leave and that's why it's so important to listen to that gut feeling. The gut feeling is right. How do you know when something isn't for you? I think it's listening to your fucking gut feeling. That little voice in the back of your head, it's just, it just sits wrong. Just sits wrong. Something is not vibing correctly. The energies are not aligning. It feels uncomfortable. You feel embarrassed around them. You feel like you can't be yourself. All of these things kind of like hint towards the fact that you guys aren't good for each other. You guys should not be together. This is not a relationship that is meant for you. It's not working for either of you and you need to leave. And I think often we ignore the red flags because as I said, change is scary, but it's important that you know what these red flags are so you can leave before it gets to that point because so many people I know have stayed in relationships that have just made them really sad, really depressed, really like unable to live their lives to the full because they're so totally consumed by these toxic relationships. Because a toxic relationship won't only, won't only negatively, it won't drain, it'll infect you. 
Like the toxic relationships are toxic for a reason because they will infect you. They will infect you with everything. They will take everything from you. They will isolate you from everything you knew. It will change you into a completely different person. This is why it's so important to listen to your gut. And listening to your gut becomes so much easier once you start getting a better knowledge of who you are. This is why I always say it's so important to remain true to yourself when you are in a relationship. Remain true to yourself. Carry on pursuing things that are important to you. Carry on getting to know yourself. Carry on pursuing hobbies that you enjoy because you keep in touch with who you are, which means you know your gut feeling is right because you know who you are. It's so easy in a relationship to become so lost and consumed with them because it's so exciting and you want to love them with everything and you're new to love and you don't realise how all-consuming it can be, but it is so important to make sure that you remember who you are because, well, A, if you don't know who you are, you're not able to bring your best to the table because you don't know what your best is. And B, you need to be able to know when they're not being good. Do you know what I mean? You have to know who you are so that you can stand on your own two feet and shout up when it's not going okay. Like use your voice, speak up and explain when things aren't going to plan, not just belittle yourself. I found when I lost touch of who I was, it totally belittled who I was because I wasn't able to communicate what was going on because I didn't realise what was wrong. I knew it was wrong because I felt that it was wrong, felt deep in down, like deep in down, deep down it felt wrong and I knew it was wrong, but I just couldn't I couldn't articulate that. I didn't know why. I didn't. And also, it was this fear of not knowing who I would be after it. This this relationship had become my entire life. And for a long time as well, we were together four years. And I didn't know who I was without it. And that also impacted it. When I knew that these gut feelings were happening, when I knew it wasn't a good relationship anymore, I decided to stay, even though I knew all these things, because... Not only was I so scared of change, I was also scared of the unknown of who I was. I didn't find that concept exciting. I found it terrifying. And it's weird for me to look back and think like that because of how much growth I have experienced recently, of how much growth I have now, how much more aware I am of who I am as a person, of where I want to go, my own goals. Like, it's so weird to think about, but it's so, so, so important. And I would recommend if you're kind of resonating with this, listen to the podcast I did on Alone But Not Lonely, because I think it's such an important topic to get used to being on your own, even when you're in a relationship, because you're able to listen to your gut better. I think it's also important to know when your wants in the relationship aren't going to plan. I think you know you're in a shitty relationship when like, just the basic human, like, things, you know, like, the basic wants in a relationship aren't going to, I feel like, right, okay, a basic want, like, a thoughtful birthday or Christmas present, a thoughtful gift on a special occasion, I am not saying a lot of money, sometimes, I think the most special gifts are sometimes things that didn't cost anything, like, those letters I wrote for my boyfriend for Valent for, like, our anniversary, things like that, so much more effort and sentimental and important than like splashing out loads and loads of money no one want no one needs that it's the thought that someone's put in extra effort for you that they've thought about you that they thought what you would like it's that effort that's gone into it and I knew on my last birthday that we were together I just got the shittest birthday present and I was just like oh no this isn't the one this is not the one. It, and I always put so much effort in birthday presents. And I feel like if you are also a person who puts effort in birthday presents and Christmas presents, you'll know the deal. The deal is shit if you're on the other end and you're not on the receiving end of our great gift giving. Because it just, I don't know, it just makes you think that they're not really thinking about you. They don't really care that you're not on their mind. And that's sad. And that's how I knew I was in a bit of a shit relationship as well. This idea of not being on someone's... I'm not saying they have to think about you all the time, but it's nice to know that they're thinking about you as much as you're thinking about them. I'd be shopping around, I'd be like, oh, they'd really like that for Christmas. Oh, I'll get them that, that's brilliant. Or I'd spend, like, I'd be up all night researching a gig that we gig to go to or something like that. Like, whoever you're with is always partly in your mind. So I think when you get given something that is completely random, completely out of character, just really strange and obvious panic buy just makes you wonder how important you are in their life, what's the hierarchy of needs right now, because you're not near the top, you literally, your birthday is the same day every single fucking year, and I don't get how people can still mess it up, so maybe you're not the person, maybe you're the other side who buys shit birthday and Christmas presents, please start putting in effort people, promise you, it goes a long way, you don't have to spend any money, you could literally just write them a letter, and I promise you, 
they'll really, really, really love it. I think this is the other thing about wanting these like more thoughtful gifts and stuff like that. It's knowing that you are worth that type of relationship, that you should be being thought about more, that you should be having someone think about you and what do they want and spending time mulling over like what to get you because they want to impress you and make you feel good. You should know that you're worth that. That shouldn't be something that you're having to scrape and claw for. And I I remember so many points in past relationships where I've had to literally ask or beg for the bare fucking minimum. Like, literally, like, we haven't spoken for five days. Do you reckon we could have a phone call and just made to feel shit about it? So many situations where I would literally just ask for something that I wouldn't deem that exceptional. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't asking for a flight to the moon. I was asking to meet up or something like go for a coffee go go for a phone call something something and it's just knowing that you're worth more than that knowing that your gut feeling when it's go I feel like you get that gut feeling that that's like something's wrong when you know something isn't in alignment with how much you're worth and what you are valued with like do you know what I mean when you know you need something or you want something and they're not providing it for you, you get that sick thing in your stomach because you know that something's about to change. You know that something's about to not go to plan. And I think it's such, again, why listening to your gut voice is so important. Why it's so, so fucking important. I think the final thing of knowing you're in a shit relationship, this is a questionnaire, by the way, of am I in a shit relationship or not? If you hadn't gained the gist of it all, we're going through all the key factors. But I think the final one, the final one, which is so, oh, I've done it. Oh, have you started hiding things from the family and the people you love yet? Because that's a really bad sign. That's a, that's not a healthy sign, people. I got to a point when this was my, like, final massive red flag of you are not in a good relationship, time to leave. So when I started lying about things that were going on, I started not, like, telling the truth. People would ask me how things were and I would just lie and I'd be like, yeah, things are really good. Or if we ever had an argument, I would never tell anyone about it because I didn't want to change everyone's perspective of them because I knew that if they did that, it would be very hard to get him back to being like people viewing him nice like do you know what I mean if I was honest I knew what everyone's perspective on him would be and I knew that everyone would want me to leave him and I didn't want to leave him and so I didn't but the big thing in all of that is is like me saying what he was doing me saying what was going on in the relationship would change people's perspectives of him and it would make people think that I should leave him so why the fuck did you stay with this person I think this is the thing it's like when you start to look back and this is why I'm thinking like if you are lying about things going on if they're doing things or saying things or acting in a certain way or making you feel a certain way and you are lying about it to people that generally speaking means it's not going well generally speaking they shouldn't be doing that to you it's not the relationship isn't going in the right direction that isn't what you should really want from something I think that's why it's so important that when this starts happening that you just leave that you just break up because the the honesty is not there anymore. You need to be in a relationship which uplifts you and brings you closer to everyone around you. And when you're lying about what's going on, you're keeping up a facade. It's putting distance in between you and the ones that you love, which makes you feel increasingly isolated and makes you want to stay with this person longer because it makes the option of being without them so much more terrifying because you don't know now, you don't have your family or your friends, you just have them. And that is so much worse. So I think the main thing of all of this is how to know when you are in something bad. First off, listen to your gut feeling. Your gut feeling isn't lying. If something's not in alignment with you, if something's not working out, if something, if your higher self doesn't think something's right, if you deep down know when something isn't right because you get that sick feeling, your heart starts beating more, you get more anxious around them, you don't want to spend time with them as much, or you find yourself being a bit more addicted to their personality. You don't want to spend any time with anyone but them. You become so overwhelmed with them as a person that you start clinging on to tiny snippets of good. I think this is the thing with toxic relationships is that the bad far outweighs the good. When the good is good, it's really good. Does that make sense? I know it sounds really silly. When the far outweighs the bad, like it's bad and you shouldn't be with them, but the little moments of good feel incredible because they're so juxtaposed with something that's so totally different because they're always mainly horrible. So when you have these moments where it is really happy and incredible, it makes it all worth it. Well, it doesn't. It's not actually worth it. It just feels like it's worth it. And I think that's the biggest misconception how to know when you're in a shitty relationship is realizing that those good moments are not are not really good because something shouldn't be being outweighed by that much bad 
it's not it's not really good it's just making you think that it is and I think listening to gut, your gut feeling in all of these things is so so important knowing what you're worth knowing what you want from a relationship and knowing when those things are crossed when they don't put effort into who you are, when they don't put effort into what you want, when they don't put effort into your friends, into your things, into your life, when the relationship becomes more one-sided than two-sided, time to start wondering, is this for you anymore? Is this the right thing that's going on? And I think, as I said, the importance of listening to your gut in these scenarios and knowing your worth, knowing what you want from something, knowing what you deserve from something. We're all so young that we deserve relationships that's going to make you feel incredible and so happy and I don't want any of you to settle. I don't want that. And I think you know you're starting to settle. You know you're having something that's not healthy, not good when you're having to hide it from people, when you're having to change people's perspective on what's really going on because you know if you say the truth, it's going to go badly. You know if you tell people the truth of what's really happening, people aren't going to want you in that anymore. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you find yourself hiding things from people in a negative way, I mean, I don't know what your family situation is like, I mean, like, if you hide it, I say hiding from your family, but I'm close with my family, so if you're not close with your family, if you find yourself hiding things from people you love and who love you, who you are genuinely the family that you've chosen, the people that you're really close with, if you find yourself hiding things from them, these people whose opinion you really value, that's not a good sign, that is not a good sign, but... I hope this has been helpful and I'm really excited to record the next one. I'm going to record it straight away now because we're in the flow. But the next one we are going to discuss cheating. Cheating. I'm not a thought. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Not a fucking fan of cheating. But anyway, I hope you're having a lovely week and thank you for listening. And on to the new things I've done this week, which is fingers crossed, hopefully a lot because right now I should be in Bali. <sighs> It's Saturday, if you haven't guessed. I'm kind of pre-recording this a month in advance and I'm so excited. Guys, there is no new things I've done this week because you literally heard everything new I've done this week in the life update. So this is the end of the podcast. I kind of forgot to mention this in the other part. Hence why I'm outside recording this right now and there's probably loads of noises and you can hear everything. But I hope you're having a lovely, lovely day and thank you for listening and make sure you're following me on Instagram at you've got mail and school pod or on TikTok at you've got mail and school pod and let me know your thoughts on this episode. I'll speak to you soon and thanks for being here. Love you, bye. Oh, and also if you could leave me a little review, that would be much appreciated. Sorry for the background noise. There was no other option.